know that your level of self-awareness is one of the key indicators in terms of your success as a leader. And how do you become more self-aware, you asked? Well, journaling is one way. And in today's session, we're going to give you three ways that you can use journaling to be a more effective leader. And we're going to hear that from Vicki McLeod. Welcome to the Surviving to Thriving podcast that helps women leaders in nonprofits get out of survival mode and thrive in both leadership and life. I'm your host, leadership development coach, Kathy Archer, and I help women leaders enjoy impactful leadership. Vicki is a writer, a coach, and an award-winning entrepreneur. She's the author of four nonfiction books, one which you probably should get your hands on that is going to help you become a better leader. And we're going to reference that in today's session. But what I want you to listen to as we go through the interview with Vicki is the ways in which you can use journaling. And, and she outlines three ways in a, and a bonus for how it's going to help you be a better leader. But just tons of little tiny bit tidbits around how to journal, when to journal, why to journal, what types of questions to ask. She gives us a bunch of prompts. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview with Vicki McLeod. Welcome to the podcast, Vicki. I'm so excited to talk to you about journaling for women leaders and three ways that women can use journaling. For those of you who don't journal, I think Vicki's going to share some new insights and some ideas for those of you that journal, you'll probably also find some new insights and ideas to help you um, both feel more relaxed, perhaps, to have some new insights, but also be a better leader. Welcome to the show, Vicki. Thanks so much for having me. It's just great. It's great to be here with you. Tell me a little bit about how you got to the point that you are today. I know that way back when you were in the nonprofit world, but tell the listeners a little bit about your story, where you started the transitions okay. through. I'd love to. Okay. Yeah. So as I, as you said, I mean, I, my background, of course, like all of us, I was born in a small town. <laughs> I won't go quite back, back quite that far. Um, but you know, I did, I came out of nonprofit management when I started my own business and I, and I love this topic because in a way journaling kind of led me, I often say that writing has taken me everywhere I wanted to go. And even some places I wasn't expecting. And, you know, for sure, journaling was one of the tools I used when I was I'm a manager in nonprofit. I use it for a lot of reasons in my work. And we can talk about those as we go along. But I also was, was writing daily as a kind of an exploration about, you know, kind of who do I want to be uh, in the future? And at the time, I was very happy. I loved the place that I worked. I was working in the recycling industry. It had a lot of meaning for me. I was quite an activist in those days. Um, but I knew that kind of working in that kind of corporate setting wasn't, even though it was a nonprofit corporate setting, wasn't really, you know, kind of where my heart lay. Um, and it was actually through journaling. And I thought something completely different was going to come up. But what came up was that I wanted to have my own business. Mm. So I really attribute, you know, this, this function of having a practice, a daily practice of self-reflection and examination and asking questions of the self really is a powerful tool for helping you actually discover, you know, so I kind of had some ideas as I was writing, but it was really the process of discovery that journaling offered me that I found most profound. Were you were you journaling as a kid? Like, when did you start journaling? I start, I always, I've always been a writer. It's funny, a question I get asked like a lot, right? Yeah. So I've always been, you know, how you sort of discover things in your childhood that you're good at. So I was like not good at sports. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not very good at mathematics, to be honest, still am not, thank goodness, yeah. you know, calculators. Um, but I really like uh, English, spelling, grammar, all of those early elementary school topics, really, I really took to them. And I remember writing a story when I was in, I think I was in grade two. And um, there was a boy in our class whose name was Doug Linwood. I don't know if he's still living, but anyway, yeah, they yeah, had yeah. Linwood's shoe store in the small town where I lived. And the stories that the teacher selected were displayed for some reason in Linwood's shoe store window. Oh, I don't know why. Who knows why? I don't know what, <laughs> what it had to do with, like whether it was at a literary festival, I kind of doubt it. But but anyway, I was so thrilled because my story got selected to be displayed in the shoe store, which you know, explains my love of writing and my love of shoes all in one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just a kind of so it's always been with me and it's always it's been like a companion you know I often say like writing has been my most faith my most faithful companion right it's been all the journeys and when I entered business so did this journaling entered business for myself I mean and I even had written for newspapers before that um as I started to transition out of the nonprofit world I took on a lot more writing freelance writing gigs I really used what I had learned doing marketing and communications as, as part of my portfolio when I was a manager you know, leverage that into my business, all of those made sense. And really my business became a way that I could make money writing. So a communications yeah. company is the most obvious way. And I, and I do tell that story in one of my books, um, you know, how I sort of started out in that work, but it really was that writing journey that took me there. And, and then I've continued to use it in, in all the aspects of my work. And when you think of today, and I know this is territory you're in, Kathy, like the demand for content whether it's for your about your products and services, whether it's about your cause or the, the, mm-hmm. what your organization is driving toward or for fundraising, we need content and content is words. <laughs> and it's, it's words, that, the, it's not words that come like this when you're in between meetings and it's a different frame mm-hmm. of mind that you have to be in to write those words. Yes, for sure. And I and I just really see, you know, for myself and in, in business, even if my business wasn't communications, I would still be needing this really vital yeah. muscle, this yeah. skill of being able to communicate with words. And uh, it really is the unit, the unit of currency online is the word. It's text, yes. you know, text yes. is the thing. So, you know, there's just this lovely thread for me that's been, you know, kind of gone through all of my work and into the way that I work with people so now. I think- I think we need to unpack that a little bit because, okay, so let me tell you, I used to journal as a kid and all the way up to uh, when I was a teenager until my mother read my journal and found out mm-hmm. a little bit about what my boyfriend and I were up to. Yeah. Ooh, a little bit more than you wanted her to know, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> a little bit more than I wanted her to. Yeah. And then I stopped journaling for many, 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 many years. And I picked it up again more consistently, probably 15 years ago, there was little bits and pieces Mm -hmm. here and there. But for me, that was an outlet to just let out emotions and Mm -hmm. sort through kind of stuff. You're talking about writing something that goes on a website or social media, there is a link between the two. Totally. Yes. So, so our listeners are going, I don't hear the link. Yeah, so can yeah. you, can you spell it out a little bit? I will. I will. And I'll, and I, and I want to start though with where you started, which is, you know, I think this is a fear that a lot of people have about journaling. And particularly if you're, you know, a woman in a leadership role, we're often concerned about exposure. You know, how much yes. do we want to expose ourselves? You know, what we're learning as time goes by is that, you know, two of the core skills we can bring to our work are empathy and vulnerability. Yes. Right. 
And in order to empathize, we really have to know ourselves well. And in order to, to be vulnerable, we have to be willing to kind of cross over that barrier of discomfort we might have about people really knowing us. Yes. And it's difficult because it's not necessarily how we were, we were all brought up around business, right? We were kind of brought up, at least I was, speak for myself, yeah. you know, around the kind of more chamber of commerce model, like you yes. suit up, you, there's a boundary between your professional and yes. your personal self. Yes. Well, that's been really blurred in our gener- in, in this current generation yes, and yes. particularly in the digital environment. So there's often this thing, someone might see it, someone might read it. And, and I always yeah. say there's two ways to deal with that. One is decide that whatever there is to be known about you could be published on the front page of the paper and you just don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Which is taking me, <laughs> what other people think about you doesn't matter to the extreme. And, and I'm kind of yep. in that space myself. Like I feel like, well, if somebody reads the stuff, so be it, right? Yep. Or the other is to just know that it's private, keep it private. And that includes your family. That includes your husband, yep. your spouse, your children, your mother. It's yours. And you have to have a really firm boundary around it. And then the yep. other part of that side of it is, you know, make peace with letting them go, like use your journal and then ditch it, you know, ditch burn it, it, shred it, whatever. Yep. So you overcome that. But I think what it what journaling really, uh, so writing in a way is writing, but when you're journaling, you're able to get ideas on paper, you're able to capture and I'm going to guess that your audience, they're pretty skilled people. They're women who have a lot of ideas. They've done a lot with those ideas. They know how to take action. So it's great to be able to capture those ideas in a place. And then you can go back. So I might journal, for example, say something really random, like, you know, remembering my grandmother. And from that, I might get some little hit about something that has to do with, you know, feeling affectionate or, Mm -hmm. uh, or feeling connected. And that might spur a blog post. Yes. So I'm using the kind of the journal, it becomes a kind of fodder Yes. for other ideas that I can deepen and enrich and then apply in other ways. So I might not write the whole thing about my grandmother on a blog post, but I might really write, you know, what it feels like to connect to the past and use it for your future. You know, yes. as a coach, that might be a theme yeah, I would yeah, yeah. explore because my clients do that when they're with me. You know, I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. was there a time when you were successful with this? Tell me about that time in your past. Yeah. Now let's apply that time in your past to your future self, you know? So I just think there's this way that you can link those pieces together. And But your story, I think, is a really common one. And I want to normalize that for people. I think yeah. most of us probably experience something that we wrote in a diary or as a note. I know for me, it was a note I wrote, a fr- actually a friend wrote to me and I left oh. it on the kitchen counter and my mom read it, yeah. um, you know, and it was like a violation of trust. Mm-hmm. So you have mm-hmm. to get past that. But the thing with the journal is you're really just trusting yourself yes. now, now as yeah. grownups, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, and I think there's a couple things too. One is, you know, I'll often say to people, just scribble it down on a piece of paper and shred it. The, mm-hmm. the act of getting it out is at least getting your thoughts yes. together, right? Yeah, um, I totally agree. Otherwise, you'll be like, <laughs> you can be like, I have boxes and boxes of journals that I carry <laughs> me with me. I keep packing <laughs> crates. <laughs> That's right. Now, for me, I do, I, to be honest, I actually do go back in them. I just did this recently because yes. I am working on something about my past, about my father. And I decided to go back in my old journals and see over the years what I've yeah. written about that journey with my father. Um, right. And, you know, something sad is that um, I used to write a lot with a, a pen and ink. So an actual ink cartridge pen. Yeah. yeah. And that ink fades over time. Uh-huh. So my early journals that I wrote in that, I'm going back, you know, this is into probably, oh gosh, the late 80s, maybe early 90s. Yes, yes. That ink is starting to fade. So if you're going to keep them and do handwriting as I do, probably good to transcribe at some point or go through and pull out. Because that's yes. the thing, everything degrades, right? Everything well, degrades. And so it's interesting because I have gone back through my journals a number of times and some of the, the work that I now teach comes from what I've learned mm-hmm. about where I was or the language that I was using. Yes. And I think 
when you go back and look at what you were writing about the challenges you were having with the X person or how you got through this new contract or this time or your boss or your board and you go, oh, Wow, look at where I was there. It's the opportunity to see growth as well. Yeah, I love that. And that's something I think that is so powerful in journaling is that ability you can go back. You can kind of get this snapshot of yourself at a moment in time. Yeah, and then you can see, oh, this is not that time anymore. I mean, or you can see, oh, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still dealing with that. Okay. Exactly. You know, patterns. Good. It's good. And you know, I always believe like you're never really at the same level. Like it might be the same issue, but now yeah. you're dealing with it up here. Or now you're, you know, yes. it kind of spirals up. I think it's kind of a bit like DNA. You know, you're yeah, yeah. circling around. And um, but it is, I think, a really good tool. And again, we're going to talk about like applying it to uh, not only your life but your work. You can really see, oh yeah, I I learned how to deal with boards because I had that big issue and I dealt with it this way. And sometimes we can be reminded of skills that we forgot that we had. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You see something there. So we're going to talk about three and a bonus four ways, but before (laughs) we get there that you can use journaling, but before we get there, I listened, how I met Vicky was I listened to her on a podcast. And one of the things you were talking about when I heard you on that podcast was the different ways of journaling. And I remember one thing which took me a while to get over was you do not need a fancy journal and a fancy pen. Mm -hmm. Um, Say more about that and say more like you've talked about morning pages. What are the different types of journaling? So, there, so there's probably as many different ways to journal as there are people to journal. And certainly there are many different kinds, but I think the main sort of the main two types that I'd say, and I think this is what we dealt with on the podcast that, that you're referencing, and maybe we can stick a link in our yes, documentation yes, to that absolutely. one that was with our friend, Steve, um, is, is that there's sort of the guided journal. So the idea that you get, so like a goal journal, for example, or a gratitude journal is another great example where you're kind of being guided. And often these journals are pre-printed and they include prompts. And I, and I, I have nothing against them. I think yeah. they're great for exploring certain specific areas of your life or certain, you could have a relationship right. journal, right. for example, right. Right. a weight loss journal is a very important tool. You know, now yeah. many of the programs now for healthy eating are really more about self-awareness around eating than they are about counting calories or anything. Right. So right. using these specific, so they're guided journals and they're often when you're purchasing them, they often are quite fancy. You know, mm-hmm. and, and and I know people who that's been their life's dream to create these journals for other people. And I yes. <laughs> fully support that and endorse it. I think it's a great, a great tool. And I've used them myself at times, mm-hmm. but I do find that often a journal or a, a tool that is too high end, that is too fancy. I kind of find a barrier. Yeah. I think, oh, I don't. And, and I can just say to myself, oh, just get over it, write in it. That's what it's for. But I do find like breaking that spine open, the beautifully gilt pages, and, and often even just the size. So I myself, like, and I probably don't even have meant to have it out. I just like a, a spiral ring or, you know, like a spoil bound yeah. notebook, regular yeah. old notebooks that you buy at the dollar store by the dozen or at Staples or somewhere in big packages. Mine's Walmart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they're inexpensive. And because I do so much, I can go through them quickly and I don't feel like I have to make every word count. Yes. You know, whereas in the yes. fans, and I do often have a fancy journal that I keep alongside of my kind of daily writing yeah, journal, yeah. where I might transfer into that like key ideas, or I may uh, add, add into it. Like, I think I showed you one when we talked before, I have sort of three sections. And in the back, I have just a section that is things to investigate. Yes. Yes. And it's just a whole section where I just jot notes. So I want to write more about that, or here's yeah. a topic, or here's an idea. Um, but I think you need to choose your tools carefully. Because if you do get into the like very fancy journals, unless you're someone who can just let that go, yeah. you, may, you may find that it's a barrier. And I, again, feel that journaling really is a process of discovery 
uncovery and possibly recovery. Uh, so to really treat it rather than I have to come to it with all of my ideas and be very organized and very beautiful about it, uh, to actually come at it messy. I was going to say, I can't even read half my writing sometimes if I'd want it to. I'm like, what was I saying? Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting because there's also two schools of thought there. One is to let the writing rest. So you do it, leave it, go away for a couple of weeks, come back and read it. The problem for me with that is that I often can't read my writing. (laughs) So I like to go over it like that same day. And if usually within that same writing session and then just fix up quickly fix up anything right right, right. I can't quite read I think oh yeah I meant that that word is supposed to be father and it looks yeah, like yeah, father yeah. And I'm gonna <laughs> fix it you know so I think that's the thing that um you know you need to find the technique that works best for you mm-hmm. uh, but definitely uh the met I feel like the messier the better like give yourself lots of freedom and many teachers talk about you know writing outside the margins even not being bound by you know and not to even not to waste paper like use yeah. the whole page because you get to. <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, depending on what kind of journaling I'm doing, I'll grab a different color and I'll circle and highlight and arrows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I, yeah. mine's very colorful often. Yeah, totally love that. Totally love that. And I, and actually I was just doing that this morning. I was going back on some notes and I'm working on, I'm going to do a retreat in the spring around mindfulness. And I was going back to my own class notes from when I was studying with this particular teacher and then adding things in purple Uh now and how I want to integrate that into the next so even so this idea so you know one of the ways and we're talking about the different ways is about idea generation right 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 so this is a great way that we find so the fodder for future writing or for other ways of writing but we also have this way that we can use it for ideas for any kind of project that we're involved in whether it's a work or a personal project yes okay let's dive into the ideas where do we start (laughs) okay well so Kind of, and also trying to put, you know, we talked, I think in that previous podcast, we talked about like the rule of three. So in part, this is sort of three ways for uh, women leaders to use journaling, but certainly that one that I just talked about, idea generation, it's a fantastic tool for that. You really find out what you're thinking, right? You really, and you also find out maybe what's going on in the back burner. Uh, And so the other, but one of the other key ways I think is really great for improving your own communication skills. And I Mm -hmm. don't know a leader uh, of any gender anywhere that doesn't understand the importance of good communication skills in their workplace with their teams, with the people that they're, if they're working one-on-one, if they're mentoring people, um, so trying to, you know. I'll give you an example. I was talking to a client this morning and she's struggling with not being clear with one team member. Mm-hmm. And so she knows she needs to address performance issues, but she's struggling. How could Mm -hmm. she use journaling to help her communicate better to address those performance issues? Yeah, I would think, well, so first of all, just, I would use, and you alluded to this earlier, one of the key things I think she needs to do is sort of vent the frustration. So she can, first of all, use the journal as a place to, and I call it in my practice, tapping off. So let's mm. tap off the energy, right? Right, right, so right. Every, if every time you're going in to meet with that particular person where you know there's a performance issue and you feel that you're not performing, like you're yeah. not doing what you need to do, then you need to tap off, first of all, that energy. So writing it out and even to write out very honestly, I'm feeling insecure about this. I don't feel like I know what to do. Yeah. Just to, get, to kind of tap that off. And in, in an, if you're familiar with the morning pages, uh, Julia Cameron's work, and again, maybe another reference we can give to people, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just about clearing, right? It's just about using writing as a tool to clear. So first of all, use it to clear. Then try, I would suggest just journaling what happened in the interaction, what worked, mm-hmm. what didn't work, what could yeah. I do differently? What do I, and we all have this, right? I wish I had said, blah, blah, blah. Ah. <laughs> 
a perfect prompt. <laughs> yes. We always know afterwards what we could have said. Yeah. That's a great thing, you know, especially as you're evolving as a leader and you're always evolving. Yeah. It's not a fixed state. You know, we're always, we're always in a non-solid state, even though we like to think we're solid, we're always yeah, evolving. Yeah. So yeah. is that you do get opportunities, you know, you do get do-overs. Yes. You know, and you yes. can also, you know, use that as an, okay, I wish I had said, blah, blah, blah. how can I now yes. do X? Yes. And then yes. again, it becomes a sort of a, a, a problem solving with yourself or a dialogue with yourself about what you could mm-hmm. do differently. And in, in my book, I know um, effective communication at work. I, t- I use an example of a leader that I worked with very specifically who had a real problem. Uh, in particular, he was had, had a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was often yeah. overreacting. The, the, one this, the lady I was talking to this morning said, I have to deal with the anger before I go talk to them tomorrow. Yes. And this is <laughs> and for him. I recommended journaling. I said, you've got get a journal, start writing this stuff down vent out the anger and frustration because you need to validate your own feelings. But as a leader, it's not your, the people that you are leading, it's not their job to validate your feelings. You need to validate. And, you know, this is a very basic self-awareness principle, (laughs) but. Well, okay. So the other thing that you just highlighted that I was reading in your book this morning was around emotional literacy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, like vent your feelings, but also name and identify. Yes, your name your feelings and claim your feelings, and also you know. And I would add, you know, from a mindfulness perspective, you also want to allow, like you yes. want to give yourself permission to have those feelings. It is how you're feeling, and you know, I'm willing to bet that if you were talking to other leaders about the circumstances, they would say anyone in those circumstances would feel that way. So you want yes. to normalize for yourself and allow and comfort. Yes. So that when you go back to deal with that individual, you've taken care of yourself. Yeah. But you've yeah. also started to understand your own, your own identity and the own aspects of your identity that sometimes come into play, especially in situations where there's potential conflict. The, the triggers, what, what I've often yeah. talked to women, identify your triggers before you go into that. Yeah. Yeah. And write about them. Yeah. So that yeah. then you, and then you start to develop a self-awareness. And then the other thing that I think happens, which is, this is again, under the sort of umbrella of improved communication skills, is you then begin to develop more empathy. Because the more you understand yourself and your own triggers and your own pain points, then you're able to then see that common humanity with others. You're able to say, oh, yeah, this person is probably triggered by me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? And how can I react to them in a way that's compassionate rather than in a way that is defensive or in a way, and often we're, you know, very often, uh, especially in old style leadership, we're trying to manipulate the person into a certain set of behaviors. And so it's an opportunity for more frankness. Yes. You know, we find these, you know, I find this conversation difficult. Are you finding it difficult? Tell me about that. Yeah. So you're establishing a common ground by first revealing your own, your own sense of vulnerability, your own, again, another and vulnerability to express vulnerability is another really important skill. So leaders can use their journal and you can use it as a way to test drive. Like, well, I'm going to try out what, you know, if I said this, what would they say? Yeah. You know, ah, yeah, play, yeah. It, play it out that way in a little bit of a, an imagined dialogue. And I do talk about that in the book as well. You know, a great tool for conflict resolution is just to write out what you want to say what you want them to say and they may never engage in the conversation with you right but at least you've kind of had it out yeah <laughs> you've you know. created the perfect vision yeah yeah you've got a sense of like how it could go or what you might might want so that I think is another one I, I had a yeah. couple of those so the other and this I think relates really uh, well to that point is it's just about also being able and I know this is really your territory too Kathy accessing your inner your intuition yeah. And your inner guidance, really getting to know what is important to you. How do you feel about it? 
why do you feel the way that you feel? And you don't have to justify it, but just to understand, yeah, to understand the self and to really get a sense of, oh yeah, I'm on. And again, this is where reading back can really help too, because if you go back and think, oh yeah, I use that, my intuition in this circumstance and it worked really well for me, or I used it and it didn't work so well. And then you can explore and unpack that. Uh, I think it yeah. just really gives people that opportunity to just start to really tune in. It's like allowing yourself the time to reflect. And too often in our workplaces, we are reacting, uh, overreacting, yeah, you know, we're, because we're not able, we don't feel that we're able to take that time that's necessary. Um, two, two things I want to hit on there. One, the, the other part about the intuition is it also helps them access their moral compass. And I think we're, as leaders, our job is to make decisions all day long, whether you realize it or not, that's your job. And a lot of those decisions are value-based. And when you slow down, you'll connect to what are the values? What are my morals? Mm. What hill am I going to die on? And your intuition often is really connected to those, but much quicker without, you know, so if you can slow down and name the value that's being stepped Mm -hmm. on or pushed on or uh, overlooked, uh, you'll start to have a way different, um, in way of engaging yeah. with people and making decisions. Oh, I think so. And you'll make better decisions. Yeah. Because you'll have mm-hmm. your, you're, you're adding in all of, you've already got all of your intellect and usually we've got that part covered. Our yeah. hands are usually pretty in command and we've got that part yes. covered. And we're often feeling something in our heart area or our gut. We talk about, um, it's a little harder to name and it takes often a little more time because that part of us isn't linear. It's not linear so, in the same way that our brains are. So journaling takes our head to our heart. Totally. That's a beautiful, beautiful way to put it. It's a beautiful. Yeah. yeah, And and I think, you know, journaling is a way of looking at the self as a question rather than a statement. (laughs) Yes. An exploration. Yeah. Yeah, It's an exploration. And so you're going to, you're going to learn. And if you hold that sort of space of curiosity, uh, as you're writing, you're going to, that part of you is going to speak. Yes. And, and often, you know, when we talk about this in sort of the creative process, you know, it's, it is often something that is connected to something greater than ourselves. It's yeah. not just being, it's, you know, they talk about, you know, we sort of tap into this universal consciousness of yes. creativity, of creative yes. juice. And that's available to all of us all the time, but we yeah. need to slow down. Yes. And, and, and we need to kind of open up the door and, and journaling is one of those tools as is, you know, painting as are many, many kinds of creative uh-huh. pursuits. For yes. some people, it might be walking, it might be meditation, but we open that door to kind of allowing other forces to join with us. And, and again, I think, so I stopped journaling then, but the other thing that held me back from journaling was when we, you know, we have our kids and we start our career, we get really busy. Mm -hmm. And just what you were saying about creativity, I stopped, you know, doing crocheting. I stopped Mm -hmm. doing all of those other sewing creative projects. I stopped being creative because I thought leadership was intellectual. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've missed the connect between creativity and that. Mm-hmm. that intellectual. And yet we know, you know, all the research will tell us of the link between creativity and innovation, for example, it's right? Huge. So we know that it's so vitally important and it is something that we tend to deprive ourselves of. And I, and I love where you're pointing because I think, I know in my early work with leaders, I would say like, we get to define leadership for ourselves. 
Yes. We don't have to buy the package of what we think. And many people think of leadership in that kind of command and control model, which is very yes. old style, right? Yeah. This kind of, and, and very useful. Like if I'm in the middle of an emergency, I definitely want a command and control. Leader <laughs> exactly. Tell like, me what tell to me do. where to go and how fast and how to do it. <laughs> but that is not, most of our workplaces are not like that, unless you're an emergency responder. Yeah. You're not in that kind of structure. So that model, which is very militaristic, you yeah. know, is sort of a, you know, I want to say masculine model in a sense, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. The new masculinity, but an old kind of masculinity that's not called for now. No, it's a different thing that's called for. And so we get to embrace all of these parts. But I do think, as you say, life gets busy and we have to, you know, often we are brokering with ourselves. We're making trade-offs, you know, we're yeah. doing a yes, no paradigm of, you know, if I say yes to this, I'm saying no to that. So what, what gets my yes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's where your values work becomes so important. And again, your journal becomes important to that because you can use that as a way to yeah. deepen those values and explore, you know, how they're applied. Yeah. You know, the other okay. thing I hear people say about journaling is that they find that it can get to be too much of a kind of, um, it can almost be depressing. It can get to be too much of that deep uh, inner thing of, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. So, and I've experienced that myself with journaling. Yep. And I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to stop journaling for a while. I needed to take a break because I really felt like I was getting into this almost like a negative mm-hmm. uh, exploring mm-hmm. all of my faults, let's call it, you know? Right, right, right. And um, one of the techniques that I used when I restarted again was to start writing in the third person. So uh-huh. instead of writing like I'm feeling unhappy today yes, because yes. that meeting didn't go well, I would write she is feeling unhappy today. And then yeah. I would just describe the circumstance. She is sitting in her chair with a cup of tea. Mm. She likes tea because it's comforting. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah. she could talk to her mom right now. So that it, I kind of just gave that third person remove, which really helped. Yes. Uh, to just kind of break that. And also then it puts you in this very, I think this is a critical role, this critical observer role where you're not judging, you're just witnessing. Well, and there's, there's research. I was, I've been telling clients this more and more lately. There's research that demonstrates that that is actually more effective to talk to yourself in third person to increase your level of confidence. Like rather than saying, um, you know, Oh, I guess I'll try and figure it out. It's like, you've got this, Mm -hmm. you, you are figuring it out. Right. And, and yeah, sort of stepping out and being that, that third party. So I love that. Yeah. And it's, and it's a way of, you know, we talk about like going to the kind of 30,000 feet. So like if if you're looking at your, if you're observing yourself from a very high distance, do you see this person, this manager, this leader doing, what's the pattern look like? Yeah. Yeah. Your example from earlier, you know, this person's in a pattern perhaps with this other individual and they're finding it hard to break, but if they kind of go to 30,000 feet, she mm-hmm. is telling her employee, blah, blah, yeah. you know, rather than I am. Because there's a way we can kind of get into this, you know, self-blame, self-criticism. It's not very yeah. kind to ourselves. It's not very loving. Um, so we always want to be able to deal with ourselves kind of from a, a compassionate and also objective. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I hear people, often, especially women leaders talk about, you know, that how maybe they're feeling really dreadful about an interaction. And yeah. I think well, anyone would feel this way. Yeah, yeah, you know? this is normal. And, and or, the, or the frustration that they're I'm like, yeah, anybody would be frustrated by that. But they're often thinking, no, it's only me. Other yeah. people don't experience yes. it this way. Other people are more competent and it's just not the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so Okay, which of the three have we covered? We've covered the communication skills. We talked about yeah. the access to ideas. Actually, we've covered all three. And then the access to intuitive guidance. Right. And then the, the bonus one was just in the, we're kind of dancing around that territory of um, the journal is a place to rest also. Mm. right and who doesn't need rest I mean even I know that we've been in these pandemic days and so on but we really 
there's a way that we need in our daily lives, a place where we can just stop. And this is the journal as practice. And we talked a little bit at the top about practice is any kind of daily practice that you have that is grounding, that is centers you uh, is going to also help to alleviate stress. Right. And so, you know, stress is a huge issue. And again, even though we might feel like we've been in this long period of rest with the pandemic, it's been a very stressful time. Yeah. So to allow yourself, you know, especially if you're engaged in leadership, but even just lead, I was, I was saying to people, leadership is where you are. You're leading in your day-to-day life. You're leading yeah, with yeah. your kids. You're leading if you're, you know, when you're going to the grocery store and you're, you know, helping sort out your family's, the way your family's going to eat for the week. All of these things, you know, leadership comes in many forms, um, but we need to always find a place where we can nurture and re- rejuvenate. And a yeah. journal is a great place to just stop, mm-hmm. breathe, and just reflect. Just give yourself that rest. So I teach, I teach a course in my membership site called Wellness at Work. And I talk about the fundamentals. You need to eat, you need to move your body, you need to rest, you need to feed your soul. And I can't for the love of me remember the fifth one. Um, (laughs) But rest and feeding your soul, I think the journaling comes in there. When we think of rest, we often think of taking a nap or sleeping, but, but there's more to rest. It really is stepping back and that part, you know, sometimes we do need to feed our soul and let all those crazy emotions out and again, nurture ourselves mm. and just step and back. And it can be that. hard to do that in the workplace, you know, and again, workplaces are evolving and changing, which I think is just, you know, fantastic. Yeah. Um, but we've, many of us have been trained, you know, work is work and this is separate. Yeah. I'm yeah. separate. And we're not, you know, we're integrated, right? It's all integrated. And so, um, you know, even to have a journal at work, even if it's a small book, then you can just keep in your desk. And then, you know, when you're taking your break to eat, then stop, eat, make a few notes in your journal. A journal doesn't have to be pages and pages of free writing. Right, right. You know, that's where I think some of these journals with prompts can be very useful. Yes. Um, But you can just treat yours that way. I've started doing a kind of diarizing recently. I just got into it. I was reading a book of haiku about uh, a journey. And so he writes a little bit about the journey and then he writes yeah. a little haiku and it's about two paragraphs. It's Basho's work, which yeah, some yeah. people, if they're into haiku, will know. Um, a journey to the interior is the actual book. Mm-hmm. But I've just started doing that like two paragraphs, you know, October 26, you know, a conversation yeah. about leadership and journaling with Kathy. Yeah. And my yeah. reflections on it, like maybe two or three sentences and, and trying to come at it from that more uh, sim- symbolic or metaphoric place. Yes. A little bit more soul language than just direct descriptive language. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't take very long. So you answered the question I was going to ask, which I already know the answer to. There's no, <laughs> there's no right time to journal. Right. right? You can journal at work. You can journal in the morning. You can, and does it have to be a consistent time? I don't think so. I mean, I think this is such a personal choice. Um, You know, it depends on who you are and how your routine is. Certainly, you know, all of our routines are changing these days, right? We have a whole new way of working and being in the world. So I'm I'm finding myself actually challenged right now in getting into a regular routine because it's been so irregular now for 18 months that it's like, okay, do I want to do this at this time? But I'm just trying things. You know, generally I meditate in the morning. I'm trying meditating in the afternoon just to see, well, maybe that'll... Yeah, better. Um, and I think people, but you find your rhythm. I, but I do think consistency is important. But that doesn't mean the same time, same place every day. That, right. I just say a daily practice. Yeah. And daily can be five minutes. Yeah. Um, and daily, if you don't make daily, that's okay. 
Yeah. Just pick it up again. Um, I, I love, I'm working with a woman right now around some eating stuff and she's just marvelous in that. She says, don't go back to the beginning. Just start today. Start today. Yeah. So eat the cake. Finish the cake. <laughs> eat the vegetables today. Yeah, yeah. Like just start. To, so it's really quite like it's that willingness to be, it's almost like a beginner's mind, like willing, allow, give yourself permission to start over. Yes. But to yeah. know you're not starting at the beginning, you're just picking up where you were. Yes. So if you did three days and then you didn't do it for two days, that's okay. Still do it today. Don't say, I didn't do it for two days, so I'm not going to do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. Just pick it up and just get back on track. And, and I, I mean, I journal uh, by hand. I, that's my preference. Yeah. I think there's a whole mind body connection thing that happens when you do uh, do things by hand of any kind, any kind yeah. of making. Yeah. We're talking about crocheting, sewing, yeah. Yeah. those things, woodworking, whatever it is. Um, however, many people journal very successfully on the on computer. There. Yeah, and yeah. on you know on their laptop on their tablet whatever some people my nephew uh, uh, journals with voice dictation which I'm still getting my head around but it's working for him I start my blogs that way but that's yeah. just so, first draft yeah, yeah. perfect yeah, yeah, yeah. right so it works yeah. for you yeah yeah I just was gonna um, highlight a couple of ways that I journal just because I know the listeners are always curious too and I love to hear this stuff <laughs> yeah I know we we keep going about that so I have one journal that I journal gratitude but it's often gratitude in like for the difficult times as well mm-hmm. I'm grateful for how this is teaching me to be more forgiving I'm grateful how this mm-hmm. you know challenge I'm faced with is growing me so it's the, the fun stuff that I'm grateful for, but I, I, I fill a whole page. It's not just three things. Like I fill a whole page. Mm-hmm. So I do that. I have a journal where I write maybe one or two lines every day. I pick a different virtue or character strength every month. Mm-hmm. And I write how, what it means, how it shows up, how I failed miserably, how I seen it in somebody else but just a character strength that I'm focusing on. So courage, perseverance, you know, whatever the character Mm. strength is, honesty. So I do that one every day. I have a dream journal where I'm just starting to to document dreams more clearly and understand them. But then I have a scribbler that I have every day, like so messy, it's crazy. But I write down sort of my my mission in life that Mm -hmm. that I have every day. I write down, what am I learning today? So mm-hmm. one of my key things is always learning and development. So what did I learn? How, what course am I finishing? What podcast did I listen to? I write down my triggers or judgments. Mm-hmm. Where am I judging other people? What was I triggered? My joys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so often it's the same things that I find that pop up, you know, my grandchildren and going for a walk, but there's always new ones that pop up. Um, what else do I journal in that one? Um, just sort of what happened for the day. And I also keep track just of the wellness I talk about in my course, in one of my courses, micro moments of wellness. Mm-hmm. So did mm-hmm. I do 10 pushups today? Did I get my 10,000 steps? Yeah. Did I, you know, yeah. um, and I just so like, it's very acknowledging, right? It's very yeah. much about like the acknowledgement of, yeah. of on a daily basis. And I think that's so important, right? And then every week I go through and look back. You know, yeah. what, you know, what did three things trigger me? Oh, what's the, you know, what's yeah. the pattern there? Or, you know, how am I doing with my wellness habits or, you know, just learning. And so I, those are the basic ways that I journal. I probably have a zillion other ways that I keep track of stuff too, but. Yeah. And it's good. And I love how you're sort of, you know, because there's a way of like sort of journaling where you're um, it's like a path of discovery and uncovery, yes. as I say, but there's also this way that you can use it. And that very important word to track. 
Yeah. The way to, you know, to go back and look and see, and almost like what you're describing in the last version that you were talking about, you know, that lends itself very well to that guided journal that I was talking about. You know, I could see that as, you know, like Kathy Archer's guided journal. Yes. Yes. There's a section where you just fill out each of those, you know, a page a day, a couple pages every day. And then that, you know, and and, and those are really helpful. Uh, your example, and then other ones like it, because if for someone who thinks, well, I wouldn't know what I would journal about. Yeah, yeah, it gives you, it's right there. You don't right even there. don't even worry about that, you know. And I, yeah. my my key phrase that I always start everything with is, I want to write about. Ah, uh, yeah, whatever it is, because then I don't have any excuse to not have a starting. Yeah, we have blank. You know, the, that sort of the thing of like the blank page staring you in the yeah. face. Although, you know, I have to say I love the blank page because I feel like it's this, you know, just this, this yeah space of possibility. Yeah, like it, you it, open that page and it's anything's possible. It's like we're and we're always in that kind of liminal space anyway. Like I say, we have this fixed idea. We fix our ideas about who we are or what we believe, but actually, it's always changing. Okay. You know, getting comfortable with that uncertainty. Journaling can really help with that too, because you start to see how much you're questioning. Yes, which helps you to make become more comfortable with the emerging self rather than this mm-hmm. fixed identity. Yeah, um, yeah. which is going to change anyway. Like you know, if you as you know, having children, right? Like one day you're not a mom, next day you're a mom, complete yeah. identity change. Right? Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, totally. You're a young woman, the next day you're middle-aged, the next day you're elderly. Like these are the changes that we're actually going to have yeah. regardless. Yeah. And then there's all kinds of them going on in the micro level all the time. So always, yeah. always. So anything we miss? I Well, we could probably talk for days about oh, this, probably. you know, both being avid journalers. It's a, <laughs> You know, I just, I, all I would say just to, you know, for your listeners is just to really encourage them to, you know, try it. Yeah. You know, give it yeah. a try and see and, and and a good try, you know, a try isn't like once or twice a try is like be consistent with it over a period of time and see what the impact is. Um, yeah, I think they'll find it really positive. So I think so, too. So tell everybody about all the books you've written. <laughs> well, I've written four. So uh, my first book was called Untrending, which I wrote in 2016. And it's really about how to use social media in a very mindful way. And we know social media has changed a lot since 2016, but the principles in the book still yeah. hold very true. Um, my next book was called uh, Digital Legacy Plan, which I co-authored with my friend and colleague, Angela Crocker, which is super important for anyone who's on in the online space. And we're all in the online space. It's really about you know, um, what to do with your digital assets when you die. And that includes not just your tangible assets, but also things like identity, your online identity, your online, someone like yourself who has a big online community, that's an asset in a certain way. So it's really making us think about death and dying in the 21st century, which has this sort of digital permutation. We were the kind of the first ones out in the space with a book about this. That book's actually done done really well. Then I wrote The Internet of Things, which is a guide to understanding how the Internet of Things functions in your day-to-day life. Yeah. Um, kind of wrote those kind of books, you know, with kind of an older audience in mind, thinking of someone like my mom, who's mm. like, what's Alexa, <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 kind of thing. So, uh, so that one came out in 2020. And then my last book was Effective Communication at Work, which came out with um, Rockridge Press in the US. And that book came out uh, also during the pandemic. I had two books come out during the pandemic. <laughs> I don't recommend it. No, <laughs> in the early days, one came out in April and one came out in June. Now I think we've got our feet around what to do, yeah. but at the time. But anyway, that book is, uh, I'm quite proud of it because it's a nice integration of my work in communications, my work as a coach. And also it's about communicating both in the analog world and in the digital environment and when to pick what, particularly geared toward professionals and people in the workplace who are uh, on a leadership track. So I highly recommend it. So say say the title again. 
That one's called Effective Communication at Work, and it's yep. uh, speaking and writing well in the modern workplace. And they're all they're all on Amazon. Yeah. Or yep. other other. I mean, I highly encourage you uh, to go to your independent bookstores. They don't always carry all the titles, but you can right. order them. So yes. Okay. Yeah, but Indigo Chapters, Amazon, yep. they're there, and then otherwise go to your indie and ask. <laughs> Yes. your library and ask us to as writers. Yeah. And we will put all of the links in the notes as well. So where can people find you? They can visit me at my website, which is uh, www.vickymcleod.com. Yep. And, uh, and I'm also on all the main social media platforms under my own name. So I'm pretty easy to find if they're looking. But yes, I encourage people to come onto the website and also, you know, pop me an email, whatever. I'm very uh, happy to get into conversations uh, online and offline. Yes. And I follow Vicky on Instagram. So I love watching you are in BC and Nanaimo, right? Yes. Yeah. Vancouver Island. Yeah. But yeah. And Vicky swims and cooks and sews and yeah, just fun to watch all of the things you, you do and yeah. the socialization and yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Good. It's good. Yeah. I think it, I think there's a, I think there's a really good way to do social media and digital engagement. Yeah. And I'm, I try to set an example for, it. I don't, I don't always <laughs> succeed, <laughs> but it, yeah, I really try to set an example for how, how you can do your social media in a way that suits you. Yes. Yes. You know. yes, definitely follow Vicky. We'll put all the links in the notes. Thank you, Vicky, so much for providing some insights and ideas and permission to journal yes. to, to yeah. just try it and play with it and see where it gets you. So good. Yeah, so good. And thanks so much for inviting me, Kathy. It's been a pleasure. Good. Thanks, Vicki. If you found today's episode helpful, then you are going to love the training library. Many women leaders in nonprofits wish that they had a coach or a mentor to help them, but they don't believe that they or their organization can afford it. Oh, but you can. Inside of the Training Library membership site, you will not only get access to affordable and easily accessible ongoing personal and professional development training, you will also have access to a leadership coach at your fingertips. That way, when you hit those inevitable challenges that leadership will bring your way, you'll have both the resources and the support to navigate your way through them with confidence, composure, and while keeping your integrity intact. To find out more, head to kathyarcher.com slash library. If you are enjoying the show, I'd love it if you could leave me a comment or a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Go make the rest of your day awesome. Awesome.